0: What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks.
1: I do have a media recommendation.
0: I love Lord of the Rings.
2: Superheroes, movies, a little jack-of-all-trades, I guess.
1: So what makes me a geek...
0: Bum, 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 bum. What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the week po- weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast, and to look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-live.com. My name is Brendan Valentine, reporting to you live from the red carpet in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And I'd like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow co-hosts this week, who will introduce themselves in a second with our question of the week. This week's question is, what is your favorite critically acclaimed film? That could mean Oscar winner, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, recommended on Netflix, Mm -hmm. if you really just want to like go there. Um, But I can start with mine. I, got, I gotta go uh my favorite critically acclaimed film uh, paddington 2 is 100 percent on rotten tomatoes um and not that that's a joke but um my favorite critically acclaimed film is actually Arrival, uh with amy adams and jeremy renner uh, nice. it uh i believe it did win an oscar which is where i'm going which is why i'm pulling this in but that was a really really good movie um if you're a fan of like linguistics or language science it's a really cool like application Mm -hmm. of that into like a sci-fi realm so highly recommend it and if you're if you're a fan of sci-fi movies and like alien stories um definitely worth your time
2: all right um i'll go next hello isaac hunter here from my apartment um (laughs) my favorite critically acclaimed oscar-nominated film uh, would obviously have to be... Um, if I had to pick one, it'd be The Return of the King. Uh, but if I could do this whole series, I I will. Because in total, they won 17 Oscars. Fellowship was nominated for 13 Oscars and won four. The Two Towers was nominated for six Oscars and won two. And The Return of the King was nominated for 11 Oscars and won all 11 Oscars. Um. In total, the series received 475 awards out of um, 800 nominations, thus making the films the most awarded film series in cinematic history. Uh, so yes, uh, I have to stick to my my niche and my niche is Lord of the Rings.
0: Yes, like, I, I agree with you there.
1: Yeah. Um, hey everyone, uh, my name is Hope Good Earl. Um. So, true to my nature, if you've tuned in to us before, I can't just pick one. Um, I actually went through the Wikipedia list and, like, went back a few years to see what movies were, like, part of the Oscars. Um, Oh, yeah, I'm also at the Oscars. Sorry, I'm not super dressed fancy because that's all at my house, not at my apartment that I'm moving out of at the end of this week. Um, But so... I went through and I found Ford versus Ferrari um, from 2019. That one was a really good movie. I really liked that one. Um, Black Panther, 2018. Dunkirk in 2017. Uh, La La Land, Hacksaw Ridge, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, all from 2016. And just because I was really curious as to uh, what movie won the year that I was born in 1997, I was slightly disappointed to learn that it was Titanic, um, which also, I have never seen. But also, like I don't know, just at this point, Titanic this is seems a like overplayed.
0: movie. Titanic is a yeah.
1: fantastic
0: movie,
2: and it, it's tied with the Return of the King for most Oscar nominations. And Ben Hur, I think, is the other one.
0: Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Ben Hur.
2: Let's see. I am actually now. I'm curious as to what mine was for 19, wait, when were you born Hope?
1: 1997.
0: Oh, okay. Then mine was Titanic as well. <laughs> well, I was not born in 97. So now I have to look this up. Um, what film won best picture in 2000? A wee little baby. I'm not a baby. <laughs> I turned 21 tomorrow. Um, American Beauty.
1: You're still a baby until oh, tomorrow. American Beauty.
0: Heck, literally four hours from when we're recording this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're well, still not technically a full legal adult yet. Makes uh, you a hey, baby. Hey, neither of
0: you can rent a car yet, so technically you're not full legal adults either. If you really want to go there, yes, yes, oh, yet. Alrighty. Well, thank you, hosts, uh, for getting things started. Um, so now we'd just like to share some quick geek news. So, uh, hosts, what have you got for us?
2: Um, I'll start because I probably have the least. I could be wrong, though. Um, I have two, so. Oh, you actually have the least. Okay. Um, so, my news, which isn't as newsy as it, it might have been a few days ago, but that's all right. Uh, step one was that the the trailer for uh, Chris Pratt's time-traveling sci-fi film, The Tomorrow War, uh, dropped. Uh, That's going to be on Amazon. Looks kind of exciting. It has to do with people having to time travel to fight in a war, which is probably the worst draft I've ever heard of. Um, Because I would suck. Mm -hmm. So you can watch that. Looks pretty fun. Action-packed. Helicopters. Aliens. I think aliens, at least. Uh, Second bit of news. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is to star in a Dungeons & Dragons uh, podcast called Dark Dice. And to, you know, just kind of see how that chops up. I decided to actually listen to the first, like, three episodes of Dark Dice, and it is pretty good because it's, like, a group plays D&D, and then they go back and re-record, like, everything they said, but, like, in their character's voice and serious. And so it's, like, it technically was a game, but then, like, they'll have, like, actual narration and, like, sound effects, and it will sound almost like a audio drama. So that's pretty that's fun. cool. And then, uh, lastly, uh, Gina, uh, Gershon, Gershon, maybe Gerson joins, uh, Eli Roth's Borderlands movie as Moxie, uh, Ooh. which means that it's going to, she's joining the cast of, uh, Cheyenne Jackson as Jacobs, uh, Charles Babola as Hammerlock, Benjamin Byron Davis as Marcus. Uh, let's see. Stephen Boyer as Scooter, Ryan Redmond as Ellie, and as well as where's the rest. Yep. Jack Black as Claptrap, Kate Blanchett as No Roland, way, Kevin Hart no as way. Roland, Jamie Lee Curtis as Doctor Patricia Tanis, um, Ariana Greenblatt as Tiny Tina, uh, along with Edgar Ramirez, Florian Montanu, uh, Janina Gavincar, and Haley Bennett. So um, it's going to be pretty insane.
0: Yeah, that's a star-studded cast for Borderlands. They got some the big names. Yeah. They like, got little like actors to play is- big people. Why are you surprised? <laughs> exactly. That's true. That, that Borderlands? I told you
1: about the Jack Black and, like, yeah. the last thing oh, a forgot. few episodes ago. Come on. I
0: 100% forgot. <laughs> I was more reacting to the character he was playing. How dare you. It's, yeah,
2: Claptrap. Right. Um, I, what I'm really curious about, though, is, is it going to be, like, are they just going to look super realistic, or will they try and kind of, like, do that, like, the cell shading style that Borderlands does a little bit? Um, they might have
0: like a filter on the camera yeah. type
2: thing. Kind of yeah. like how, what is it? Is it? Oh, is it, is it Sin City? Sin City. Sin City yeah. that has like the whole, like it looks really, it looks like it's a comic book. Like
0: a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. They might do that. That'd be cool. Which I'd be all right with, to be honest. Cause I mean, Borderlands definitely has that aesthetic. Yeah. Like th- that's important, like important enough to the game that I could see them including in the movie. Um, Alrighty. Well, uh, for my geek news, uh, I just like to, uh, I found out that, um, Amelia Clark, um, who played, um, I did not watch game of Thrones, so I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, t- 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 can't No, I can't. I'm going to try the, the blonde one that talks to dragons.
2: Yes. There's a, she has a lot of names.
0: Um, yes. I can say the wife. <laughs> um, Jason Oh Lamar's yes. Wife. Amelia Clark. Yeah, um, His yes. character's wife. Well, yes, say. but she also played well, Kira in Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, will be joining the Secret Invasion project at Marvel, so um, she will now be uh, dipping her toes into three major franchises: Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and now Marvel. Ooh. Uh, which I'm, I know, I, I think she's an awesome actor. She uh, played the hell out of the role of Kira. Uh, actually, made me like care about a character I didn't think I was supposed to care about. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then uh, the reason I brought up Paddington 2 earlier is because Citizen Kane is no longer 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, but Paddington 2 still is, and I think that's really <laughs> funny. Um, personally, I think Citizen Kane is overhyped, uh, especially for like what we get in the current movies. Like, Definitely not a bad film, but um, I feel like it's one of those films used to gatekeep films, which makes me like it less. Yeah. So, all right. That's all I've got this week. So, Hope, take it away.
1: All right. Um, so... First off, we have Haunted Mansion, which had the original movie was Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. Um, So Justin Simeon, um, who did Dear White People, is set to direct the new version of the Disney franchise. Vin Diesel is set to star in a new movie based on the classic game Rock'em Sock'em. Into the Spider-Verse sequel has three directors... Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, J.K. Thompson are all set to direct the sequel of Into the Spider-Verse. Captain America has been announced that there is going to be a fourth Captain America movie, um, and it's in the works with the Falcon and Winter Soldier showrunner Malcolm Spellman. Um, Spellman actually was quoted saying that, like, when this was announced and everything, he's like, yeah there are a lot more movies than just the 15 that Marvel has announced that are like coming out or like in the works type thing. And I was just like, you can't say that without giving us more. Um,
2: What's that, that gif? that gif of, uh, of, uh, Hawkeye saying, don't give me oh. hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I was thinking that the one of the, uh, guy holding the, bars to, like, the White House or Gates or whatever. Like, let oh, me, let in. me in! <laughs> oh,
0: is that Eric Andre? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think so.
1: Um, also, Anthony Mackey found out about Captain America 4 from some person while grocery shopping. The guy was like, like yeah, is this Marvel true? Marvel didn't even tell. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, you know. Uh, we're all with Anthony Mackey here. Uh, Speaking of Game of Thrones, there's a Game of Thrones prequel in the works called House of the Dragon, um, and Mm. the cast is assembling to begin production on that. Uh, The Ironheart series was announced that the Disney Plus series will be six episodes long, um, so like Falcon and Winter Soldier, and production is slated for this May, or this month, it's May. Um, Cue in the... um, timber timberlake right Justin yeah timberlake.
0: Yep. it's gonna be may <laughs>
1: um so there is a uh live action sony series that is going to be filming begin filming in august called silk tv series um i believe it has something to do with like spider-man and spider-verse because the picture showed like webbing and like a Spider-Man looking costume, I think. It was yeah, like females. Silk uh, is a
2: is a is a female character that has similar spider yeah. uh, powers.
0: Ooh. If I am get not more wrong. Spider-Man
1: first, Sony's things. definitely
0: milking the fact that they have to share that with Marvel. They're going to pull out all the oh. stops and what characters they can pull in, and then as soon as they can, they're going to snatch Tom Holland up for one of their movies.
1: Oh yeah, well, Silk <laughs> tedious series. Um, is also rumored to end up on Amazon Prime, too. So that's another where they might not give it to Disney. Um, Oh, they're not. Yeah. Uh, In the King Kong universe, Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard is in talks to return for a new MonsterVerse film called Son of Kong. Uh, The Eternals' Gemma Chan, Cersei is set to be the lead character in the Marvel film uh, Invincible, which is a animated TV series on mm-hmm. Amazon prime. It's really uh, good announced. Well, you get two more seasons. You get they Whoa! renewed Invincible for season two and season three. There is reportedly a Mandalorian video game in development for PS five, Xbox series X, PC, and possibly PS4 and Xbox 1. So they're going to try and get it out there. It's interesting that like Nintendo isn't on there, but Nintendo's got their own thing. If um, so I get a
2: free roam Mandalorian Star Wars where you build your own Mandalorian, <laughs> I would be so happy.
0: Yeah, but I, I feel like the reason it's not on Switch is like Nintendo the way they like produce game like the the actual cartridges is tough for like smaller developer like it's tough for developers to get behind because it's so expensive. So it doesn't always like come out on switch first, but that sounds very exciting. Also speaking of star Wars stuff, um, the bad batch comes out this week. Just, I, we've talked about it before, but may, may the 4th, may the 4th be with you.
1: Um, so I know in previous episodes that I have, uh, talked about the rumor of a new NCIS spinoff coming called NCIS Hawaii. Uh, Um, Ed has been officially confirmed by CBS with their announcement of casting of three characters. Um, So they cast uh, Vanessa Lachey-Lackey, I don't know how to say her last name, um, as lead actress for the character Jane Tennant, who's in charge of the team. We have Yasmin Al-Butsami as Lucy, who's the junior member of the team and Jason Antoon as Ernie, the NCIS Cyber Intelligence Specialist. Um, It was also um, shown that the um, spelling of how they did NCIS Hawaii was changed to reflect how Hawaii is written in um, the Hawaiian language. So how we might see it on a normal map as just H-A-W-A-I-I. Um, it's actually H-A-W-A-I apostrophe I. So it's more, uh, Mm. Hawaii, um, which I thought that was really cool. And especially the fact that, you know, filming in Hawaii and they're going to be, you know, all over the place on those islands that like, Hey, why not show some respect to the people? Um, in my final geek news for the, uh, this episode, is that Morbius, the Spider-Man spinoff, has been delayed by Sony for a fifth time, um, and it will now be released a day before my birthday, January twenty eighth, 2022. Oh, that, dang,
0: that's a long way that out. That was
1: all of my geek news.
0: Dang, I was looking forward to yeah. Morbius, too. I mean, I still am, but, you know, when it's that far out, it's hard to, hard to get hyped for. All righty. Yeah. Well, for those of you watching on video, I feel like you might be able to guess our, um, our theme, but those of you who just listening on audio, um, I am currently in my, uh, nicest, uh, blazer. Um, uh, Hope is herself at, um, on the red carpet at the Oscars. And, um, Isaac, uh, is wearing his nicest clothes and his bow tie. Um, and, and I we, have a, <laughs> I have a little golden Thanos behind me. As a Oh yes. And he has his little, um, Marvel themed, uh, oscar behind him as well Mm -hmm. so uh we would like to be talking about the oscars uh kind of like the the award show this year the awards in general and then just some other aspects of film uh just to kind of geek out a little bit about movies for um our actual last episode of the season so um let's get started with this year's winners um before we like really get into anything specific were either of you familiar with like any of the movies that were like really being released this year Um, I, I mean, I, (laughs) I saw Soul.
2: (laughs) Same. Yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, I mean, and then Tenant and Sound of Metal. Uh, I didn't see them, but I knew of them. But a lot of the other ones, I did not see or know were a thing.
0: Yeah, like I'd heard of Judas and the Black Messiah, but I wasn't able to watch that one. So, like, I thought, well, like, befo-
1: there before... There was also you- a lot of controversy um, with Judas and the Messiah because um, that actor who actually played the lead role was nominated as a supporting actor, too. Um, didn't he win? Yeah. Uh,
0: I think so. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't seen the film and I hadn't heard about that controversy. I guess it just didn't do enough research. The lead role was the story itself. Ah, yes. We're going to cop out like that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I guess I'll go through and read some and we have like comments on them. um, So the uh, winner for um, an actor in a leading role was Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Didn't even Mm. know that was a movie. Um, I, like, I would, like Anthony Hopkins, though. I also like Anthony Hopkins. Either of you hear about The Father before beforehand? No,
1: nope. I like, was honestly he, really hoping that Chadwick Boseman was winning that category. Uh, post yeah. postmortem, obviously, the, yeah.
0: Um, but the thing is with the Oscars, normally at least, like I've heard of the movies they're doing, even if I haven't seen them. But like in this mm-hmm. one, the only one I heard of was um, the one that. Uh, that Chadwick chadwick boseman was in ma Rainey's black bottom but also i hadn't seen it like i, I feel like yeah. the, I def, the pandemic definitely messed up movie watching if you didn't have the right like subscription services and stuff like that you know a lot of stuff you weren't able to see but i think it, i just found it weird how many i hadn't seen especially for these like big categories like uh best picture and uh leading actor and actress mm-hmm. um so and then uh actor in supporting role daniel uh kaluuya uh, for I think I'm mispronouncing that, but for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, actress in a leading role, Frances McDormand in Nomad Um Actress in a supporting role, uh, uh, Yu Yoo Jung Yoon in Minari, uh, which I also hadn't heard of. Is that an international film? Well,
2: I only heard about it because that's the one that Steven Yun is in. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't... I don't think n- it
0: is but with parasite being successful last year i'm hesitant to just say like oh they're all american films
2: well no because it's the guy i think that that is directed by is and he's in he moved to america or his dad and his family moved to america and i think it's kind of based on his life i could be wrong yes semi-autobiographical graphical Mm -hmm. so interesting
0: um the best animated feature film was soul um i did see that one that was very good yeah although um, i was
2: i was rooting for
0: uh, onward i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i i not seen onward actually Get I heard go. It very good. yeah no it's on my list um this, the this semester did not give me a whole lot of time to watch movies like i could watch like quick tv shows but movies was like a commitment yeah um yeah. But, uh a for cinematography um mank um eric uh messerschmidt uh, the award for costume design is Ma, goes to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Roth. Uh, for directing, Nomad Land, Chloe Zhao. Uh, the best documentary feature, uh, My Octopus Teacher, Pippa uh, Ehrlich, James Reed, and Craig Foster. The best documentary documentary short subject is Colette by Anthony uh, Giaccio and Alice Doyard. Film editing, Sound of Metal, uh, Michael E.G. Nielsen. Um, international feature film. Uh, the winner is Another Round from Denmark.
2: With, uh, that's the one that has, uh, Mads Mikkelsen in it, right?
0: I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. What a guy. I think it
1: is. Uh,
0: best makeup um, and hairstyling. Because I think he
1: and Leonardo DiCaprio are, um, making a, um, like, English version or something like that of that movie. Oh, I think Interesting.
0: Like an edit, ad- like an adaptation or like what kind of adaptation? Just like a remake or like a in, in, in a new interpretation? Are you do you know?
1: I think I think it's just like a remake but like English instead of whatever foreign language it was in.
2: Interesting. Danish, you mean? <laughs> Sorry, it's from Denmark. I oh.
1: didn't know what language yeah. it was in, so Sorry. I hadn't heard of that one. Sorry, also, like, bad.
0: Denmark borders a couple other countries that speak different languages. So, yeah. you, like, the thing, like, yeah. you always have, like, if you have local film festivals in, like, Arizona New Mexico, there might be Spanish films and, like, mm-hmm. local films from Quebec or in Spanish as well, or in French, not Spanish. Yeah. That'd be interesting <laughs> if there was a Spanish film in Quebec. Um, so, best uh, music for the original score also went to Soul. Um, and the best music for original song went to Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, best Picture went to Nomadland. Uh, overall, the other nominees for that one were The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So I'd actually heard of Chicago, The Trial of the Chicago 7. I one I hadn't seen, but I'd heard that it was being produced. See, I feel like everything that I have heard of was like in preview or ads for streaming services that I had, but on streaming services I didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> HBO Max who said that <laughs> I don't know I just, just heard let's it. put
1: in our final uh, plug of the season
0: final plug of the season HBO Mac, please um, uh, the more the more films you release on there the more I actually want to see them I need to watch Godzilla vs. Kong mm-hmm. um, I need to watch Mortal Kombat now that it's out I need to watch the uh, Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League um, so please mm-hmm. uh, subscription send it our way here at Raven Geeks um i'd give you my address but that could be problematic so um yeah i don't think my roommate would like that um so just reach out to me Um uh, my dms are open hbo max please <laughs> a little last little plug for the season all right uh the winner for production design was mank with a uh, production designer designers being uh donald graham burke and set decoration being jan pascal uh the best short film animated short film is if anything if anything happens i love you by will mccormick and michael govier i feel like i've seen that actually my sister de- no my- okay so my sister's in art school and is a film major and she has to watch like short films and i feel like she showed me that and that w- if, if it's the one i'm thinking of that was exceptional like that tearjerker hmm. um The best uh, short film live action, Two Distant Strangers by uh, Trayvon Free and Martin Desmond Rowe. Um, The Oscar for best sound is the winner. The winner is Sound of Metal. Uh, The best visual effects is Tenet. Uh, The best writing adapted screenplay is The Father, screenplay by Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller. And the best writing for original screenplay is Promising Young Woman, written by Emerald Fennell. And that is all of our Oscar winners for this year. Woo! So, at least we don't have a best picture controversy this year, as far as I know. Yet. <laughs> Yet. No, usually they have the night of. What was it, like, five years ago, where they just read the wrong film? Was it the La La Land one? Yeah, they said La La Land, and yeah. it was actually Moonlight, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Have either of you seen, like, either of those movies, La La Land or Moonlight? Yeah. yeah. I have them both on my shelf I saw over there.
1: La La Land.
0: Oh so um I think I La La Land. I, I have I've seen Lala La Land, I have not seen Moonlight. Um well, how Moonlight I heard Moonlight definitely deserved the Oscar. Yeah it, it was really
2: good. It um I mean definitely different genre than La La Land. Yeah, well,
0: um, it, ta- it tackles like tougher Yeah, topics, it tackles tougher
2: it? topics. Um It gets a lot more real, I think. But I did really enjoy it. So I think it deserved it. That's good.
0: Uh, Usually around Oscar time each year, I like see the list of like films nominated for Best Picture, and I do my best to watch each of them. But I wasn't like I don't know if it was like just the pandemic or anything. This year, I wasn't like really drawn to to anything nominated for Best Picture. How about y'all? Oh,
2: well now I want to watch *Nomadland*. The
1: biggest problem. I mean, I had heard of I think some of them maybe like half of them or something but um i think the biggest problem was where to watch them slash if i needed to rent them or anything like having the money to do so you know like um i I think what was judas and the black messiah right Mm -hmm. um that one i think it was like i was like oh that sounds interesting but then like Didn't know where it was. Um, Or like The Trial of the Chicago 7. It was one on HBO. I
0: I think I can double check.
2: I know The Trial of Chicago 7 I'm pretty sure is on Netflix. And I was going to watch it the other day.
1: Yeah. But um, I think like Ma Rainey, which I don't think that one was Best Picture, right? Um, But that one I think was on amazon prime but that was still like a um the biggest problem being if i don't have a job how can i pay to see these things and um so that that was my biggest problem but i mean some of them too like they just if i did see the trailer because like for nomadland i saw a trailer like it kept popping up on my youtube account but it was just like I don't know. I don't know if I really want to watch it or not. Like I wasn't really hooked or anything. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so Isaac, you were correct. Trial of the Chicago seven is on Netflix. Uh, Judas and the black Messiah. You can like, like rent it on, um, or yeah, you can buy it on YouTube for, as one option. Um, and then it was Apple TV. I think it's also available on prime, yeah. but they're all like full price purchases at the moment. That could be just post-Oscar season. Gosh, so. Apple TV, that's something I don't think about. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Dang, we're just like dishing on these streaming services. Now we're like begging HBO to talk to us and then we're like, hey, you know, let's, let's destroy all these other ones.
2: Yeah, What's, what did you say, Peacock? I don't know. that, <laughs>
0: Dude, I, I use yeah. Peacock for Parks and Rec in the office now. <laughs> yeah, which once it got the office, like I knew people were gonna go over to it. Well, uh, my parents pay for Xfinity cable and I'm like, well, I'll just use that then i get peacock for free so yeah which is nice um so i've i've kind of like felt like this in the past couple years for award season i don't know if it's just me getting older or if award season is starting to just mean less because i feel like with all these streaming services there are a lot of award shows um and i feel like a lot of years they just don't get the winner right like, if that makes sense, like yeah. the, the nominees seem fine, but I feel like it's like, it seems like they're just like gatekeeping film for those like, like mm-hmm. elite and they're keeping out films that really like deserve to be recognized. If not, like if they don't like win, that's fine. But like with the popularity of like superhero movies, the fact that Suicide Squad was the first one really to win, uh, you know, an Academy Award, I thought was kind of surprising. And I mean, that's like superhero movies are my thing, but like there are plenty of films yeah. that get released every year that deserve some kind of recognition on that kind of scale and don't get it at the academy Awards. so do well, you all feel I, the same way or do you think well, it's
2: yeah and especially since like i don't know there's like how many foreign movies do we not pretty much do they not even like watch for the oscars because they're not american made you know
0: Nah. well like each country has their like kind of own version of the oscars i believe and like yeah like like canada has their own i believe japan has their own like the, the i think the european union has one there's like different film festivals for it so as much as i say like yeah we should recognize more international films like if we just you know keep the oscars like oh yeah this is going to be for american movies i don't see an issue with that but if you're going to present this as like the best movie like best picture and advertise it as the one that wins this is the best one in the world then yeah you have to open it up to every yeah every film
2: yeah but no yeah. I, I,
1: I i do def- oh go ahead i was just i definitely feel like the oscars are definitely like a snobbish stick your nose up in the air if it doesn't meet certain qualifications like it's looked down upon even if it's like really good and sometimes i also feel like they just like put stuff in the nominations just be like no see we we, we put that one up for a nomination it's like yeah but you're not gonna pick it and uh, i do mean that in like every aspect not just like um whether it's like a superhero movie or not like or like who the director is like it's definitely a um i'm gonna say this and if anybody has a problem with it or doesn't think it's true message me talk to me about it um but race is definitely a big factor because there are a lot of movies that, like, the the cast is primarily black or um, non-white that I think are absolutely amazing and better than the ones that have primarily white actors in it um, that should have won that don't. Um, and, you know, it, it definitely is also gender and... Um, Yeah, it's it's very elitist and kind of like the white boys um, club type thing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And I just you know they they have started kind of changing, but like I said, it's more like they're like no, it seems like they're they're actively trying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they're actively trying to circumvent this idea that like they only pick certain kinds of movies by including like a select few. That they're like, this doesn't yeah. destroy our narrative if we add it in. Like, this, isn't, this doesn't kill our vibe. Yeah. But then, like, at the same time, they, like, some films just don't get seriously considered. Um, what was the one, I think that was released earlier this year? Like, or, or no, I think it was early 2020, and I don't know if it was released in time for reward season. That was about, ah, um, oh, what is his name? From the Equal Justice Initiative down in Alabama.
1: Oh, Trust Mercy?
0: Just Mercy. Did that get uh, recognized with for Oscars? Because that definitely deserved awards.
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: The Oscars portrayal uh, of a wrong accuser was thought to be worthy of his second Academy Award, but he was not nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, Just Mercy was an exceptional film. Like the yeah true story aspect of it. Normally I'm not a fan of true story movies because I feel like it's like, I don't know. I'm also not a fan of like inherently like feel good movies either, um, which most people get mad at me for that. But um, I don't know. They're just not always my cup of tea. But like I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Um, It was very well done. Mm -hmm. Just like from a cinematography aspect, from like a narrative aspect, uh, from like a, you know, portrayal of the truth aspect. And that still got snubbed. Um, But I feel like it's not just the Academy Awards either. I feel like all of the big award shows, like, the Grammys don't talk, like, I feel like the Grammys don't um, actually pick the the most popular, the best, like, the the song is actually the best. Like, they pick the one that best fit their narrative, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like in recent years, like, music – and film and all this other stuff has started to diverge from that narrative before. Like, I feel like we didn't notice it like 20 years ago because the music that was popular was also the music that fit the narrative of Hollywood and all that stuff. And now it's starting to diverge, especially with stuff like um, SoundCloud and stuff like that, where everyone can kind of produce without a label. They really want to Um, filmmaking is becoming easier um, to like get out to people with like the rise of the internet and everything like that. So, is it time we adapt, like, the idea of the Academy Awards to a more modern format? Like, do we scrap the Academy? Oops. Who even
2: is the Academy at this point? Exactly. You
0: know? Yeah.
2: I don't know. Um, and, like, yeah, like, I don't know. Whenever I think of the Academy, I just – I think of, uh, like, when Martin Scorsese talked about how, like, Marvel movies, like, weren't art or whatever he said – but not cinema, cinema. Which like that's what I don't know. That's what I think about when I think of the people that pick the Oscar movies. Um,
1: yeah,
0: know.
1: I'm kind of the same. Where like I see it as like a group of old white dudes. And mm-hmm. Dad, I apologize right now because I know you're gonna watch this eventually and you're gonna yell at me for this. Um, but like they're 60s and older and maybe they have, like, one woman, but, like, she's maybe in her 50s, um, and, like, one other person, so they say they have equal representation or whatever, but it's, you know, the same narrative that's kind of been around for the longest time. Um, I think, honestly, like, I think there needs to be a change in the Academy um, and, like, how – things are viewed and the categories and everything. Um, but I, also I also think, think that,
0: that, like, go
1: for it, i sorry. I was going to say, I think they need to get out to the people, especially, you know, when you say stuff like there's SoundCloud for your Grammys, um, but, you know, with YouTube being available or, you know, people being able to put stuff out on different streaming services possibly, that, like, you know, there needs to be more of, hey, this is what you can do for this category. Like, it needs to be more readily available of, like, what requirements are to get into a category, or, like, what um, would help you win, so to speak. Um, Just so that people feel like they have a choice to get into it or not.
0: I would tend to disagree with, like, a a criteria list. Because I feel like that might discourage, like, certain kinds of creativity in movies because if you're like looking to if you're like i want the award i want the you know the critical acclaim you're you're gonna look at that list of stuff um and i also don't think it should be like necessarily like the most like popular well received movie of the year either because like there's aspects of film that i don't notice when i go to the movies and watch a movie that like should be appreciated and taken care of like i'm not actively listening to the score but that's contributing to my experience like i don't understand camera angles but that's also contributing to the experience. So like, I think there should, like, I think the the point you made was pretty poignant hope that like, it's the same people that have been making this, these choices for mm-hmm. like decades. And I feel like if you just like switch it up with like, who is like still keep experts in the field, like don't just poll for the Oscars. I feel like that kind of makes it a little less special that makes it feel a little more like the kids choice awards or something oh. like that. <laughs> which also I miss like watching the kids choice awards and actually like having seen all the stuff that that was on there. Now I watch them and I'm like, I don't know what any of these shows are. I don't know. Yeah. What, what is this?
2: I'm I, not a kid anymore.
0: I actually found the,
2: the, they're the 17, what governors of the board. Uh, and each one represents a different branch. For instance, it's like casting directors, directors, film editors, makeup artists, producers, visual effects, you know, actors, cinematic Cinematographers, etc. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is the governor of the Actors Branch. I don't know. That. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, and then I don't recognize anyone else because they're all like behind the scenes people. But um, yeah, besides uh, they do, Whoopi
1: Goldberg, do they have any other African Americans or non-white?
2: I don't know, but they do seem to have a good amount of women. Okay uh like just like reading, there's Deborah Zane, Ava deverney, Linda Flowers, Lynette Taylor, Whoopi Goldberg, Mandy Walker, Kate amends, christina canellis uh I don't know if Wynn P. Thompson is a female, but they probably are uh nope that's not now i now I assumed their gender, and then there's a Terry Dorman, which I also will google um. So actually, I think the majority of them are women.
0: Interesting. But they, I mean, that makes me happy to know.
2: They let's see. As a result,
0: oh wait, what is this?
2: Oh, there's even more governors. I don't understand how this works.
0: Because this says, and I a, feel like that could be. Sorry, go, go ahead, for it, Isaac. Because there's oh, I a, feel like that could be part of the problem. There's like not there's like a whole lot of transparency. Yeah. Like, I feel like there should be some mystery behind it, but, like, not to the point where we don't know who's making these choices.
2: I understand now, actually. There are, I don't know how many people are total, but these are just the people that were elected. And so it's, like, as the result of this election, the number of female academy governors increases from 25 to 26. People of color goes from 11 to 12. Um, and so I'm assuming maybe if there are 100 people on the board, I don't know, then only twenty six of them are female and only I mean, that's better than what
0: is expected yes yeah. probably but oh well. i feel like this topic's kind of doom and gloom so um yeah. my uh thing that i was like kind of like proud of of the oscars i believe it was last year was that parasite won best picture yeah. i thought that was very impressive and i thought we could just have like a quick conversation about like international films Um, like, beyond the U.S. Um, Are either of you, like, familiar with, like, either individual films or, like, a whole culture of films?
1: Um, I mean, I've never really been able to watch a whole ton of international films. Um, Just, I don't know if it's just where I live or not knowing about them, because I will admit, as a white American, like, I don't necessarily pay attention to things um, that I probably should um but I mean it some of them do interest me. But I'll also admit that like I can't use subtitles because my A D D brain will just focus on the subtitles and not what is happening on the screen. Like oh, I can't. I read also only look thought. at the
0: subtitles.
2: Uh yes, same. Um I can I couldn't name up too many, but I just I, I Googled it. Um I know, I'm not prepared for this. Um, I will say that uh, Spirited Away won uh, some sort of award once, but that is is a foreign film. So actually, I think a lot of the films I do know happen to be from, from Japan, mm-hmm. um, like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which actually might have been from China. Um, same thing, but I know uh, Pan's Labyrinth was one that was a foreign film that I always mm-hmm. knew about. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Pan's Labyrinth. That's a uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, mm-hmm. and it is pretty interesting.
0: I've heard it's a, it's a complicated movie.
2: It is. It is very complicated, and it is all in another language. And so the whole time you're you're reading the subtitles, and then going back, up and, and then you're like, oh my gosh, why are they bleeding? And you're like, ah. Mm-hmm. But
0: no, that's my thing with like the subtitles is like I don't watch people's faces when I'm watching movies anyway. <laughs> Like, I don't pay attention to people. So, like, I don't, it, like, it doesn't retract from the experience, at least on my end, but I definitely get the subtitles can be distracting. However, um, for those of you, like, listening at home, I definitely, if, if you can, like, I feel like if you, you can watch the movie with the subtitles, like, I feel like it's not, like, that much of a barrier, because I feel like it's, like, there's so much to a movie beyond just dialogue um, yeah. that is, like, put into it that you can still, like, enjoy the experience. Um, I'm personally here at CMU, I'm a French major. So like a lot of my studies actually come from watching French movies. Um, and definitely a different style of film, like filming and like pr- prioritizing aspects of film than American movies. Um, heck, I've watched like Canadian movies from Quebec a lot this past semester too. And that's even like different. It's not just a you know, the Western hemisphere, Eastern hemisphere type thing. Cause in French movies, th- there's a lot less emphasis on dialogue. Like a lot of times, like you'll, I'll have subtitles on and there'll be people talking and like, there's nothing showing up on the screen. I'm like, what? And then like, I asked my professor, she's like, Oh, it's cause what they were saying wasn't important. Like not enough to like actually put subtitles in because what's you what you're supposed to be paying attention to is, you know, what is going on on the screen? Like they're, they're having a conversation, but it's like, it doesn't matter who cares. Mm-hmm. Um, the one director I'm thinking of for the French movies right now, um, his name is Jacques Tati. um, and he has, like, a, a weird, like, comedic style. Like, think the aesthetic of, um, what's the what's the director's name that did The Grand Budapest? Wes oh, Anderson. Wes Anderson. Kind mm-hmm. of think, like, a 50s, 60s version of Wes Anderson's film style, but, like, more, like, wider shots. You're not zooming in on characters' faces. It's more about, like, the, not necessarily the action, because it's not, like, a, an American action movie, but, like, the, the blocking and the the under the use of space is more what's important in his mm-hmm. films um the one film i'm thinking of is called traffic which is like an anglicism of the word traffic and it's about like it's kind of a commentary on like the french auto industry and the use of cars in europe i thought it was kind of cool um but probably the uh, most influential french film that i've watched is called la Haine, or uh, which uh, means hate um, and it's about like three friends who live in like, um, I guess the, the word that it would be translated is kind of like a ghetto, but like definitely a, a poor area of town. It's, it's uh, also like a commentary on, um, race in Europe and like, um, like interactions with law enforcement and authority as well. Um, the one, um, the one quote that I've also heard like in a song, it's like fairly popular but um, in, in the movie, they're like the three main characters are standing up on a rooftop and they're just kind of talking about life in general. And the one tells a joke and he's like, oh, um, uh, there's a man like standing at the top of, the, of a building and all of a sudden he decides he wants to get down. So he just walks off the side and every story he falls, He says, Ah, so far, so good. So far, so good. So far, so good. But it's like a commentary on like, you know people you know people living in poverty it's like you know every day one step at a time you're getting through and you're like you know what so far so good but like because of the way the system works you're eventually going to hit the ground Is like the commentary on it but like that's the whole movie and that one joke is like pivotal for it's like that one piece of dialogue but the rest of the dialogue in the movie is less like highlighted so that that change in perspective from an american film i think is really interesting because like you you watch an american film it's like you know, things are exploding. Like, you're, you know, you get close-ups on people's faces. Like, what they say is, like, poetry every time and, like, supposed to be really impactful and important. And you don't, like, there's no plot progression if there's no dialogue in an American film. You could take the dialogue out of a French film and I feel like a couple of different European-style films. And you still have a plot progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: gosh. American movies huh. an explosions. There's wrong with that Hollywood
0: <laughs> formula, but it's, like... You know, it's interesting to see how other people do movies.
2: Yeah. No, have you ever seen uh, the Italian film? It's Life is Beautiful, uh, but it also, in Italian, it's La Vita e Bella, Bella. Um, Sounds about right. It's an Italian comedy drama, and we watched it in my, uh, I think it was my film as literature class. Uh, But it is really depressing. Um, cause it's about, it almost has a lot of slapstick humor almost too. Um, and it's kind of filmed to look like it's old fashioned because it's about the Holocaust and it's about like a dad and like his wife and his child. Um, and basically it's about him making his child not feel the horrors of like the Holocaust. Like they go to a concentration camp and they like sneak his like child in like, like with the adults and he basically, like, keeps the child, like, happy and pretending it's a game the entire time. Um, oh,
1: I think I've seen that. Yeah,
2: and it's, like, like, and, like, the jokes he says are funny, but then you're, like, he's just covering up, like, like it's a, it's almost, like, from the innocence of the child. Like, everyone knows what's going on, but the child's, like, laughing. Like, there's a really, like, funny scene where he's the only one that can speak Italian, uh, and there's, like, Italian Jews in, like, the concentration camp, and so, like, there's a German that's like, hey, do you, can you translate? And he's like, oh, I can translate. And the German's like, okay. And like the German starts telling everyone, like, if you do something, like you're going to get like, you know, like be in and like do stuff. But then like when he translates it, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, anyone that does something nice is going to get like three suckers. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, if you do really good, you get to ride in the tank. And like, he's doing all this like positive translation for his kid. But it's like, oh, I recommend that movie, though.
1: That's an interesting juxtaposition.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, because there was also a scene... um, Wasn't there a scene... Because I think this... I think if I'm remembering which film it is correctly, um, I think I watched it in my 12th grade English class, which that's been a while. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) um, But the... uh, Because there was a scene, I think, that like he was able to get his kid in to eat with like the officer's children, like the German officer's children and like accidentally speaks Italian or like his son does. So then he teaches like all the other kids how to say the words so that like his kid isn't, um, like beaten or anything. And, um, and it was I, cause my class was like, no, we want to watch it with the English, whatever. Um, it was, so instead of hearing it in the actual language, you know, Italian and German, we oh, watched it with the English, English over, yeah. So like that <laughs> scene wasn't like as good yeah. as it would have been in the foreign language. Um, but that's what my class wanted to do, so whatever. That um, reminds
0: me, when I was in high school, we actually watched um, a Japanese adaptation of Hamlet. Or no, not Hamlet, King Lear. We watched a, oh. a Japanese adaptation of King Lear that was like combined with a traditional Japanese folk story. I thought that was really cool. Like a, a melding of cultures in film. that was awesome.
1: Fun fact, and I'm probably going to get it wrong. And thank God my sister doesn't watch this because otherwise she'd yell at me for this. Um, so Lion King 2 is Romeo and Juliet. Um lion king i think is
0: hamlet hamlet
1: hamlet yeah and lion king one and a half um
0: uh rosencrantz is, and Guildenstern are dead i believe is what the vibe they were going for yeah. but that's not a shakespeare play that's, oh, that's building that's off of the the characters of rosencrantz and Guildenstern from hamlet and
2: what's that yeah. in the distance a history major now let me tell you something um <laughs> yeah yes Yes, uh, very much Lion King is Hamlet, but Hamlet is also not the origin of the story, though, as it goes back to ancient Egyptian myth, if not before that, where, you know, uh, Osiris is the king and his son is Horus, and Osiris's brother Set kills him and then takes over and then horus gets exiled and then has to come back and kill his uncle and take back over and it's just this classic story of evil uncles all the way back in history
0: didn't they talk about that in the um in rick riordan's king chronicles i didn't read that yes.
2: <laughs> because I, I, I didn't like so. him <laughs>
0: oh they're they're really fun um but then it ends up set isn't like the same idea like hades isn't the real villain it's chronos it's not set that's the real villain it's um the serpent whose name i can't remember
1: snaky
0: Uh, snaky yeah no he's supposed to eat the sun um yeah 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 um
1: but so going back to an earlier comment you said brendan um (laughs) Mm -hmm. about not refocus now that our tangent you know um you were talking about how French films um, don't focus so much on like the dialogue. And I honestly think that that's why I liked Dunkirk so much Mm. um, was because that film doesn't have many words in it. Like it's got a few lines. um, And honestly, like what you were watching was the interactions of the characters as like they were trying to be super quiet or like you know get off of the beaches, and um, and like honestly, it was so good and like it was kind of refreshing not to have dialogue, honestly.
2: no uh, uh, Dunkirk is phenomenal. I've yeah. never seen someone say as much as Tom Hardy says with his eyes in that mm-hmm. movie because he's, he's have you seen it, Brendan? I have not. Okay. So uh Tom Hardy's a pilot. He's just like a British pilot and the entire movie. He has a mask on, like he's like you know, like cause you the pilots have the hat and then they have the oh, air like, thing.
0: Like when he was Bane in Knight
2: yes. Rises. He's he's literally the same person. Um
1: so, <laughs> but only so, good instead of
2: He's he's got this. Yeah. Yeah, I I dog. Dog. So, um <laughs> I was born in it. And so he's only this. same by it. and like it it just always cuts to his like face just like doing stuff and like you hear him talk a little bit but no i i think he did great and you didn't even see his mouth the whole movie's good but
1: as far as yeah it's well like the one thing i will say that was slightly confusing was the fact that it started it was three different stories that eventually turned into one like they all connected at the end Mm -hmm. but it was confusing because all of a sudden you're going wait, we just saw that scene there or like that hasn't happened yet. And then you go, oh, they all connect at the end. Um, which they, he, Christopher Nolan does try and tell you like, hey, this, you know, they all start at different times at the beginning, but if you're not fully paying attention.
0: Nolan's a good storyteller.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, after, um, after watching Interstellar, I have a, mm-hmm. like I loved him mm-hmm. after Dark Knight, but then after Interstellar, I was just really impressed.
1: Yeah. But. but another movie which I realized I believe it's technically an international movie um, is called Bicycle Thieves. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the Italian name for it, um, but it's post-World War II in Italy and basically deals with the poverty that comes with um, being Italian and living in Italy after World War II and like after the war and everything. Um and it follows father and son. Father has his bicycle stolen, and that's the only way that he can get a job, essentially, is with the bike. Um and so it goes through the whole story of like trying to find the bike, possibly stealing another bike, getting in trouble for it. Um, and just like it was it was really good. It is a black and white film. Um but it was it was really good for um I watched that when I was at community college taking an intro to film class that I watched like 15 minutes of each film. That film I actually watched all the way through because it was the only one that I thought was good besides the uh, silent film.
0: It's funny you said it was Italian? Yeah. Go ahead, Isaac. It's funny that you took an intro to, to film class
2: but you only watch the intros to the films.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There was a Ryan Gosling one, Uh, something half Nelson, I think it was really weird. And like the teacher was essentially at one point realizes he's buying drugs from one of his students and getting high in the school. And I'm like, no, (laughs)
0: this wouldn't
1: be a thing. ryan gosling
0: well um just the one thing i also like mentioned thought of like thinking about um, different films like in different countries is like here in the united states we make films and we like want to relate it to americans so like we tackle aspects of like american identity like freedom and um personal liberties and things (laughs) like that are also are all pretty personal struggle um not community struggle are like really how they're tackled even like community struggles like with uh racism and sexism are tackled from an individual perspective Mm -hmm. like uh not a community perspective but like watching uh french and like even like uh quebecois films like they're, they're they have different cultural values and different things that they emphasize in character struggles uh, like in France, there's a little more like I, a little stronger idea of like environmentalism and the need for environmental preservation. and you kind of see that in some through lines. Um, there's a stronger connection to like food culture in, in France. Um, and in Quebec, there's um, uh, for those of you who don't like Quebec history, they were like um, oppressed post British occupation of Canada, um, the like French people, and there's like this whole like root of like oppression in a lot of their films. Uh, that you see. So this difference in cultural identity is really interesting and how it like motivates, you know, these subplots and what's motivating to get people to watch a film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and as you mentioned, like with the Italian ones, it seems like this, um, this certain kind of poverty seems to be a motivator because it's more common. Um, It's in like Italian and German films too. There's probably like that reconciliation with the idea of the Holocaust. That's probably a little more common. Oh. Well, on that awesome note, <laughs> um, as always here on Raving Geeks, we like to end with some uh, recommendations for our viewers, whether that be uh, movies, video games, comics, or anything else geeky. Um, would either of you like to start?
1: Uh, sure, I'll go first. Um, so I originally like was like, oh, okay, what things can I recommend? And then I started watching this new show on Netflix, and I got hooked, and I'm on episode four. And I was watching it before we started recording and I had to stop halfway through. Um, but that show is called shadow and bone, which is a adaptation off of a book series. And I have a gift card to Barnes and Noble. So you bet that after the semester is over, I'm going to Barnes Noble and Noble getting the book, um, <laughs> but it's really good. Um, it's got Ben Barnes in it, which most of you will probably know him as Prince Caspian and eventually King Caspian. Um, which something that weirded me out today to learn, he's the same age as Chris Evans. He is 39 no, he's never, years old. You're, you're like, lying.
0: Nah,
2: that checks a, out. Uh, you're a liar long enough
0: ago that that could be correct.
2: Gosh, he's I, yeah. an attractive man though. <laughs> he
1: really is. Um, but I, I have a lot of favorite characters in that show already. And I'm only on episode four. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend that. It is on Netflix. It's the series, TV series. Um, and then my other ones that I'd recommend had written down before finding this TV show slash starting to watch it was Sky High, uh, which is on Disney+. Plus. Because we were talking about Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell last week. And I was like, you know what? Sky High. Let's bring that back.
0: Have you heard uh, the, the theory that Sky High is part of the MCU because Kurt Russell in that movie is actually Ego trying to make a super, another superpowered child? And had, he does! <laughs> and he succeeds.
1: I had not heard that. Um, but it's mean. not a good
0: theory, but it's funny.
1: <laughs> I mean, he doesn't kill his wife this time, so...
0: As w- that we know of.
1: That as far as
0: we know, that's not Jet, actually his wife. Jetstream's way too fast.
1: <laughs> um, but my other one was Night at the Museum because I was also seeing a lot of Robin Williams stuff, and I was like, Robin Williams, I miss you. Um, so, Night at the Museum is also my recommendation. Next.
2: Alright. Um, gosh, all good picks, hope. Um, my recommendation is a show called, it's called Staged. And it, it's on Hulu and it's, it features David Tennant, um, from everything, you know, and Michael Sheen, uh, from a good amount of things. Um, and basically this is like after good omens was filmed where they star as Crowley and Aziraphale, an like angel and demon, but basically they're playing themselves. And it's as it's like during the pandemic and it's, uh, I mean, it's obviously like all like it's staged but they're playing themselves in their own houses and their wives and even sometimes their kids are like in shots, but their wives are there too. Like their actual wives and they're basically it's filmed over like zoom calls and there's a little bit of other filming, but it's over filmed calls. And basically it's, they're part of like a, like a theater production that got canceled. Um, but then their director is like, Hey, we want to get the jump on things. Like we're going to be the first people to be completely ready because we're going to rehearse over zoom. Um, and so like when we actually, you know, lockdown lifts up, like we can do this. Um, but like, it's a comedy. And so it's like, they're constantly fighting and like everything that's going wrong is going wrong. Like, and it's got tons of, of like surprise actors, guest appearances, like by tons of actors, like you would not expect. And then you're like, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so that I'm not going to say because I don't want to spoil it. Um, but like big names. Uh, people in the MCU. Um, and uh, there's a season two, though, probably because lockdown lasted so long that it's both. Um, it's hilarious. The first season, just six uh, six episodes, and they're like 20 minutes long. But uh, it's great. I highly recommend it. Um, my sister recommended it to me, and she was like, this is like our family's niche. You're going to love it. And I watched it, and I was like, I love this. And I laughed so hard. So staged, everyone, on Hulu.
0: Nice. Thank you very much, Isaac and Hope. Um, so my recommendations are things I've kind of already mentioned today. Um, I highly recommend the movie Arrival um, with Amy mm. Adams and Jeremy Renner and uh, the French film La En. Um, also, if any if anyone's played Mass Effect, the aliens from Arrival definitely remind me of Reapers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um if you want another french film one that i just recently recently watched um it's called haute cuisine which is like an interesting uh it's like a based on a true story about um the first uh and i believe at the time only female chef to cook for the french president like directly his private meals um it was very very cool interesting story about not only french food but french food culture and like all of the um the work that goes into preparing the food um and then while i haven't watched this it's on my list as soon as i have access to HBO Max. um but my uncle recommended to me um a show called be foreigners um and the concept seems really interesting so if you have access highly recommend it it's about um it seems like people trapped you know either somehow people from the past show up now but enough of them that they form like a refugee camp and like it tried to get integrated and assimilated into society and you have to like figure out people from these like pre like not prehistory but like you know a couple hundred years ago getting adapted to the, the modern day so that seemed seemed kind of cool alrighty well that's all we have for you today thank you all for joining us here at Raving Geeks this season uh, this will be our last episode for a little bit uh, we'll be back in the fall uh, we might be doing some like uh, special episodes just like quick 30 minute uh, like snippets so you know to keep you all updated and satiated with some you know geek news and geek culture but as always, make sure you leave a comment uh, wherever you're listening from. We'd love to hear from you, uh, your thoughts about today's episode, previous episodes, and what you'd like to hear in future episodes. Uh, we love interacting with y'all. Even over, you know, the break, when we're not going to be talking. We really appreciate all of the support throughout this season. Um, and we look forward to bringing you more uh, geeky stuff in the future. So uh, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter at Raving Geeks, as well as our TikTok. Uh, that will definitely also be active over the summer. We'll be working with that as well. Um, so as always, I've been Brendan Valentine, along with...
1: I'm Hope Federal,
0: And I have been your Academy Award narrator, Isaac Hunter. <laughs> Stay geeky, and have a great week, everyone. Bye! Bye. So long.